1: Welcome back. Hope you had a great weekend. And uh, if you're on Facebook Live or Rumble, you're going to think that uh, today's show is all about the Hulk. I assure you it is not whenever you see the back of the studio bathed in the color green. That's because we're going to be talking to our buddy David Fisher at Landmark Capital, LandmarkGold.com. And being as it is Monday, October 2nd, we will spend the entire hour today with uh, our good friend David Fisher uh, a lot to talk about, a lot to consider, and paying attention to all this stuff uh, all the time uh, in a very challenging environment. It's good to see you, David. How are
0: you? I'm doing good. So what colors your normal uh, background or your studio? Well, sometimes it's
1: blue. Sometimes it's uh, a purplish. It, sometimes we'll change it depending on the show. I had a friend in who's... Uh, conservative activist, and uh, she went to go see the Barbie movie, which I was shocked that she was going to go see because there were so many conservatives bashing it. And she's uber conservative. And she went to see the movie and just thought it was hilarious. She's been around Barbie dolls her whole life. And so when she came in uh, and we turned the table, when I have an in-studio guest, it was all pink on her side and all blue on my side. So (laughs) we get to do some fun things like that every once in a while. Every once in a while, I'm just feeling rather – uh verbose and I'll just if I'm in a bad mood, I give like it's a Friday and I've just been swimming in the bad news of the day all week i'll just, we'll just turn the whole thing blood red it i mean just depends uh, but when we're talking about
0: money, we go green anyway. it's good to see you good uh good to be on your program, my brother
1: it looks like uh it looks like a chilly day there in uh Phoenix. what's the temperature today
0: um I don't think it's chilly here. let me look on my phone and I, I don't know that's exactly. <laughs> I'll say it's Probably ninety, maybe.
1: Oh, so it's October in Phoenix, and ninety degrees is
0: fall weather, isn't it?
1: Does that does that feel like fall weather to you, David?
0: Uh, so it hasn't turned that cold yet in the morning. Oh, um, where you wake wake up, you get out. So it's eighty three degrees uh, right now. Currently, 85 oh, well, that's but nice,
1: eighty five. Wow,
0: that coldness that you feel it hasn't happened yet in yes. the morning. So what? What but is it's better than one hundred and five? What is
1: cold in the morning to an Arizonan?
0: So if it's in the 65 range, that would, be, that would be considered to be a cold feeling <laughs> yes. you know, walking outside. Yes. Well, uh, Jesus
1: did say in this life, you will have trouble. So just...
0: I'm, I'm uh have to carry that
1: cross, unfortunately. <laughs> Count it all joy. That's right. Exactly. Uh, uh, great to have you back. Uh, September, now that we're in October, September, uh, <clears throat> not such a great month for the stock market. It was... Uh, Indexes, uh, How mu- How bad was it, and, and what was going on there? What happened?
0: So the S&P was down 5.2%. This is just the month of September now. The Dow down 4%, the NASDAQ down the most 5.5%. Um, from the previous peaks, though, uh, for the S&P, that was January of 2022. It was down 11% from that peak. Wow. And the peak for the Dow and the NASDAQ was the same time, November of 2021, the Dow down 8.4 percent, and again the Nasdaq, the worst of all three index down 18 percent from the peak. Um, it's not because the government was or possibly was going to shut down, because we're past all that. Um, the Senate passed this continuing resolution; <laughs> they just hours to spare before you know the the shut off time of a. The lockdown,
1: which would be um, kind of like now I'm I'm feeling rather snarky here on a Monday, David. So just okay, be snarky. Bear with me. That would be like when you uh, were struggling with your heart conditions that I offered you like a Band-Aid. Hey, hey you got <laughs> this big, serious problem. David, just put a Band-Aid over your chest and everything will be fine. That, that That's what I think when I hear continuing resolution, which yeah, they that's... punted till the weekend right before Thanksgiving. So I'm sure that's going to go well. Uh, yeah again.
0: November 17th. Yes. It's, it doesn't do anything. It's, yeah, it is literally like a band aid. You know, this is passing about $1.6 trillion of spending at the annual rate. Um, so initially the market like that, the markets, because the markets stay open are open and closed, but you can do what you call after yeah. Look at the market when it's closed, what it's doing. So the aftermarket on Saturday and Sunday, like this good news that the government was going to shut down, but then they reset the news, what the real news was, Monday morning, and we went in the red. The real news is interest rates. And so we have this interest rate environment that is high, and the markets don't like it. Uh, Graham Summers, I've quoted him on your program about s- for the last seven years. Uh, I'm quoting him again. He's saying that the markets are getting dangerously close to something breaking. Ouch. This is today's newsletter from yeah. him he's saying bonds are getting bond yields are getting to the point where something is going to break he says the all-important 10-year treasury is you know has gone vertical since april mm-hmm. it broke a pro of its prior high which was four percent without any difficulty now it's at uh 4.69 percent wow and there's many are saying that there's nothing resisting it to get to 5 and even above 5.5%. So we're talking about the, the number one debt instrument that the government issues, the 10-year note, that everybody watches as a yardstick to what is happening. And when we have high rates in the environment, which we've been in, uh, that's not good for stocks. So stocks price that in, and it's headwinds for stock. And it looks like rates are going to go much higher. Uh, Bill Ackman, he's a Ackerman, he's a billionaire. He said just recently, last week, treasury yields are going to go higher, and they're going to do it in a hurry. And he's saying that uh, we could see them break above the five percent level whoa, whoa, just in the next couple weeks. Uh, so you know, people are probably thinking, so what's the big deal between 469 right. percent, five percent? It's not a big deal, like if you're doing a mortgage but if you do that over 30 years that number adds up. Yep. So imagine debt, trillions of dollars of debt, a a third of an I- percent of an interest right. rate uptick is a tr- you know, millions and and billions and billions and billions right. of dollars right. of more added interest payment. We've gone from a quarter of a percent to now almost 4.7% That's why the debt structure payment on the interest of the national debt has gone through the roof. We're in a brand new era. I mean, you sent me this article. Yeah, hold
1: hold that thought. We're up against the break. That's why every time you hear us talking about Treasury yields going up, interest rates going up, uh, remember that that also affects the interest rate that the government is paying on $33 trillion worth of debt. So they're uh, putting holes in their own ship. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, the Steve Noble show with our good friend, David Fisher from landmark landmarkgold.com. landmark gold.com. David's here on the first Monday in, in October. So we're spending the whole show together. We were just talking David and then, uh, had some depressing fun over the break and you go, Oh, it's 4.7. Treasury yields goes from 4.7 could hit five. And most people go, oh, yeah, three tenths of 1% big deal. But when you're talking about, uh, Three tenths of one percent on our current national debt, which is thirty-three trillion dollars. That number is almost uh, almost a trillion dollars. It's, ni- it's, it's ninety-nine billion dollars, almost a hundred billion dollars, uh, that gets tacked on to our debt uh, with a three-tenths of one percent raise. And then I, I mentioned right on our way out of the last of the segment, the first segment that. Uh, so every time the government is raising rates, anytime you hear about these rates going up. You got to remember that we're just digging our, our, our grave a little deeper with respect to debt. And that's when, David, you said they've raised rates 11 times in one and a half years, including a few whoppers in there that were like three quarters of one point. So, <clears throat> this is uh, that's why I said we, we, they just continue to put holes in their own boat. Isn't that basically what
0: they're doing? Well, they have no other choice because they right. have to attract money, new money. So, they have to pay higher rates. So that an investor, because the investor is saying, well, wait a second, inflation is X, and you're paying me a number to hold this debt below re- the inflation rate? There's no incentive, so nobody would ever buy a government debt. Right. So this is why they have to raise rates. They also raise rates to tame the very thing that they caused called inflation. Yes. The Fed caused inflation, the government caused inflation through the massive overspending and the massive overprinting. And that's why we have what we have. So now, like TJ has said, the fire department and the arsonists. now they're trying to quell and put out this fire right. only to create another fire. Raising rates is causing a financial calamity and a breakdown, which will cause a breakdown in the system where we won't be able to fund mm-hmm. our debt. Right.
1: Yeah. And that, so it's always helpful to kind of think about these things in terms of our own personal lives. And most of us, in one way or another, can relate to that. We just don't want to talk about that. At least nobody up in DC wants to talk about it. Uh, it's the same principles that we all face income versus debt. And getting in over your head and the federal government, uh, unlike us, uh, just continues to give itself more and more credit cards. But sooner or later, that all comes crashing down, especially with the dollars we've talked about time and time again. We've mentioned a lot, David, and thanks again for being here for the full show today uh, about U.S. Treasury bills. So let's just kind of back up a little bit. And if you could do a little uh, U.S. Treasury Bills 101, help us really understand that. And then we'll talk about it and why it's such a big deal.
0: Absolutely. And this is the core of really the understanding of the whole financial system. So it used to be our country, when they passed the bill, if they were going to spend something, they would have gold backing that currency. So they're going to create more currency, they would have gold always backing that. But when they took the gold off the backing of a currency, it gave the ability to run these huge debts and deficits. And there's no stop signs. There's no yield sign. There's nothing that keeps the system in check anymore. So what has happened now is that when the government passes a bill, a spending bill, and they say, we're going to spend X amount of dollars. So if they don't have that money coming in through revenue, which we haven't been a country that's paid for its own bills for over 20 years. Right.
1: Under Clinton's the last time.
0: Yeah. Clinton was the last time. And and he only did it once, and then the previous presidents didn't do it very often previous to him. So it's most of the time the government has been set up since we left a gold standard to overspend. Where does that money come from when there's not enough taxes? Well, the government calls the treasury up. The treasury issues a piece of paper called a treasury bill. Out of thin air, a asset is created. There's nothing that backs this asset. It used to be gold backed it, but nothing is backing it, except for the full faith of the government saying, we will pay you back if you invest in our country. Then the that money that the government is issuing, it hopes that Wall Street auctions those debt instruments called treasuries off and somebody invests in it, buys it. So another one's one person's asset, the government's asset, a treasury bill, is another person's liability, they're holding this debt instrument in hopes that the government will pay them back right, and right. also pay an in interest on that. Now, there's different duration of times of government notes, and I'll just rattle off a bunch of years. I might miss, a few, you know, one or two notes, but uh, there's a the one month, there's a the three month, there's a the six month, there's a the year, there's a uh, two year, there's a five year, a ten year. A, which is the 10 years, the most common note. That's the one to really watch. And we're going to, we've been talking about that this morning uh, or today, this afternoon. And then there's the 15 and then the 30-year note. So the farther timeline you go out, it should be the higher the interest rate you should get paid because you're holding debt longer. Right. What's happened here recently, we have this thing called an inversion. A 30-year note pays less money than a 10-year note. A 30-year note uh, pays, I think it's 4.2%, I'd have to look it up, but it pays less money than a shorter note. So this tells us that people don't wanna hold US debt a long time. They're saying something's gonna happen, they don't wanna hold it that long.
1: I don't wanna hold this note uh, for 30 years because there's a good chance you won't be able to pay me squat in 30 years yes. so why would i do that
0: exactly makes so perfect going sense. With the simplicity of the interest rates or they call it yields in the u.s treasury market and on wall street as if you were an investor that bought these treasury bills five years ago when interest rates were at under two percent as rates go up that treasury note becomes underwater mm-hmm. This is exactly what happened to these three big banks in January, February, and March of this year. They went under because they had this unrealized loss. If a person is buying a treasury bill at this level and rates um, go down, you do really well, not just on the yield, but also by rates going down, you do even better than what the actual yield is paying. Versus if you buy at this level, and again, if rates go up from here, You have ability to lose money. So what's happening is the big boys on Wall Street, like Ray Dalio, he's one of the largest hedge fund managers, and and Bill Ackerman, they're both saying, don't buy debt right now. Don't buy U.S. Treasury bills. Ray Dalio said last week, I'd rather hold cash, paper Mm -hmm. money in the bank, on deposit than hold a Treasury bill that will pay you 4% because he's saying rates aren't going down. Rates are going to go higher, which means you will lose money buying that debt instrument at this point. And he says, black and white, quote, unquote, I don't want to own debt. He's referring to U.S. debt. He says when there's a sell-off in bonds, prices fall and yields rise. And so there's this big sell-off in bonds. We've had the biggest loss in the U.S. Treasury market last year than any other given year in the history of the Treasury market. Mm. We've had three consecutive losing years in the Treasury market. Why? For two reasons. Interest rates have been going up. Those yep. that locked rates in at lower rates are underwater. And the second reason is a huge amount of volume. That's and- right. Spelling has been going on by foreign investors getting away from U.S. getting getting away from
1: U.S. Treasuries, getting away from U.S., us. This is Steve Noble with David Fisher. We'll be right back. Welcome back. at Steve Noble. The Steve Noble Show. I was just playing for our good friend David Fisher at Landmark Capital. Landmarkgold.com. A clip from Biden on Sunday when he was uh, taking a little victory lap because Bidenomics is just, you know, I know Bidenomics has been a huge blessing to the Noble family. (laughs) And so he's taking a little victory lap on uh, yesterday because of them passing the continuing resolution. And he's talking about. Uh, the Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy and, 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 and McConnell, and basically saying, you know, I hope that uh, they learn a lesson, blah, 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 blah. And then he, like Mitch McConnell did not that long ago, a few weeks ago. He just basically goes blank and he's just like, well, and, and it's just gone uh, because he's having an increasing amount of uh Time when he's just gone, really sad. So, so be in in prayer. I know there's uh, we can get all riled up about that and angry about that and disgusted by that, which I agree with, and that happens to me all the time. Uh, The question is, how often when we react to stuff like this, do we actually pray about it? So, praying about him, praying about all of our elected officials, as we're commanded in Scripture to do. So, make sure that you're. Uh, political affiliation, political philosophy, political life is not above your Christian life. Your Christian life should be on top. Your political life is underneath that. So when you see things like this, and I struggle with it myself, and you see Biden and you just are like, this is just so ridiculous. Uh, Right. Just try to catch yourself. And I have to catch myself as well and say, okay, I'm just going to take a minute and just just pray for the guy. And pray for him and pray for our nation because this is where we're at. Just like uh, Senator Feinstein uh, at 90, who's just hasn't been able to do her job in a couple of years, uh, just died the other day and she shouldn't have been in the Senate either. And so we've just got it's just a big mess. And and that's why uh, we're we're back with David Fisher. It's a full money Monday today. Landmarkgold.com. And David, I, I mentioned this to you before, uh, like with my students and stuff, especially in my civics class. But in U.S. history, not so much in world history, a little bit in ethics but, you know, the, 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 I'm teaching them the truth about all these subjects, and 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 it isn't always fun. And when I start talking about the financial situation of America right now, and especially trying to guess how bad it's going to be when they're my age, most of them are in their mid-teens, 14, 15, 16. I'm like, when you guys are my age, it's 40 years from now. Uh, you're going to have 180, 190 trillion dollars in liabilities and debt, and you can't even make the interest payment. So, and, and, and you, know, you can see the look on their face, David. They're just like, "Well, wha- uh, well, what happens then?" And that's when I remind them, just, "Hey, just I know this going to be depressing, uh, but it's a good reminder that you better make sure that your hope is in something other than the good old U.S. of A., the U.S. dollar, the stock market, or anything. Your your hope, your ultimate hope, should be in Jesus Christ, not in this world." And so that's a great reminder. So it's depressing on one hand, but it reminds you that uh, we're seeking a treasure in heaven, not here on earth, because all that stuff here, moth, rust, fire, it's all going to be destroyed. So it's a good reminder for all of us, even though it's it, it can be frustrating when we spend this time together every week just because we're dealing with the news and the truth. Uh, man, uh, Jesus is over it all.
0: You know, there's a scripture that reminds me, and I think there's going to be, I don't think they'll see that before the... Uh, after they hit 40, I think we'll have it happen yeah. between now and then. In fact, I think it's going to happen in the next five years, possibly 10, mm-hmm. uh, because these types of things come to the boiling point before you get over 100% right. of your money going right. to the interest. Right. So investors, smart people are going to say, God, that's enough. I just don't want to be involved in this thing. And they're already starting to say that mm-hmm. now, uh, evidence of the article you sent me. And Another one, Marianne, my wife, sent me, and many others are sending me articles. We're at that point. And I will say this. Today, for the first time, I saw on CNBC, Kelly Evans, which is a talk show host Mm -hmm. at CNBC, interviewing Rick Santelli, which is, he's Chicago border trade, and he's a good old guy. He doesn't like debt.
1: Is that the guy the that did the original Tea Party statement, Rick Santelli? Yep, that's him,
0: right. Rick Santelli. So they've interviewed each other. He's uh, Kelly's interviewed Rick before, but this is the first time what they talked about on CNBC. I was like, I can't believe what I'm hearing. Huh. For the first time on financial news that I've ever seen, Kelly Evans is asking the question, doesn't the government get this? You know, we should talk about, you know, this kick the can down yeah. the road. thing. yeah. When are they going to stop this? Don't they understand that right now, investors, we do not have enough investors buying the U.S. Treasury debt. What's this going to be if they keep on spending? It's going to be even less. And at some point, it's going to cause a major problem. And Rick Centelli said, well, that's what I've been talking about all the way back to 2008 when they did quantitative easing. He goes into this whole rant about it. So the good news is they're finally really really talking about it but the government is still dis- detached from right, reality right right cnn you sent me the article that's a cnn article a liberal news media mm-hmm. saying how bad this debt is yep so we're starting to see that it finally being talked about i hope it's not too late but mathematically it is too late yeah we'll yeah. be in a miracle um, so I'd like to get into the numbers of it if we can. Yes, I please.
1: Yeah, because that question I wanted to ask, who's buying it? Who's buying our treasury bills? Uh, that The answer to that would be a decreasing number of people and companies and entities. Less and less people are buying
0: it. Less and less people. It used to be the number one asset that's bought. We used to have more than enough investors buy right. our debt. They've been selling our debt. I've been reporting this for the last two or three years on your program, yep. foreign Central banks are selling our debt. They want to move away from it. Governments are moving away from our debt. The Fed's been buying our debt. They have had $9 trillion. Now they got $8 trillion. The Fed sold a trillion dollars in the last year, which is just remarkable. Yeah, Fed just
1: comes in and props it up. Remember, the Fed is an an independent entity, and I put independent in air quotes. So when you hear the Fed's buying bills. That's the Fed. That's not the federal government itself. That's the Fed. So now they've got their buddies in crime uh, buying up the debt, which is a shell game. Really? I mean, that's all it is.
0: It is a shell game. So they're in trouble, just like the very same thing that these regional banks got in right. trouble. They bought the debt at a lower interest rate. They're no different from these regional banks. Mm-hmm. There's no magic that keeps them out of trouble. The market put them into trouble because they raised rates, which caused the yields to go up. And now they're in trouble. We reported that last week. If we have time, we'll get into a little more of that. But at the end of 2020, the total U.S. bond market totaled $51 trillion. That includes, you know, index treasuries. That includes U.S. savings bonds. And includes treasuries, all the notes that I mentioned before. That's gone up three times larger since 2000. Compared to 2020. And wow. now we're even higher three years later. Currently, this year, there's around 21.4 US Treasury bills out there. 30% of that 21 plus trillion dollars is going to mature this year in 2023. Oh boy. Some of it already is done and it's being written at higher rates. You have to understand that and the next seven years 62 percent of the other treasury bills are going to need to be refinanced now think with me for a second everybody hearing my voice if the rate right now for a 10 year just call it 4.7 percent for simple numbers in 2014 through 2017 the average rate was two and a half percent a lot lower than it is today in 2018 was the most recent high it was the highest it ever got was a little over three percent just a hair but in 2020 when we were spending way more as a country the rate dropped under one percent point six five percent and the next year the rates averaged one and a half percent so at the lowest point of the rates we spent overspent the most amount as right. a country right and if rates were say one and a half percent then or lower, and now they're 4.7, wow. that's two and a half times more interest rate we're paying on the same debt. Right. This is why the interest payment has doubled in the last three years. And it's gonna continue to go up because the Fed has said, we might need to raise rates another time. And they are saying this verbiage higher and longer. So in other words, Rates are not going to go back down to these right. low levels right. one year from now, two years yeah, from now. Don't look
1: for your January 1st correction.
0: This is why when this, when we uh, reset the debt in the next seven years to the tune of about $14 trillion, <laughs> the interest payment is going to be 5% or right. greater. Right. We won't be able to fund this. We're already at the breaking point. They're finally talking about this. Something's going to give. The Federal Reserve, I reported last week, is in trouble. Why? Because they're laying off people. When you're a corporation, that's all they are, is a corporation. Right. When they get into trouble, what do they do? They do two things. They start laying off people. They start selling assets. They did both.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I hold that thought. Yeah. And that's scary. Again, the Federal Reserve is like a corporation. It's not a part of the federal government. It's separate. The Federal Reserve has been buying the federal government's debt, and now they're laying people off and, and dumping stuff. That's what a company does that's in trouble, Federal Reserve in trouble. These are really serious times. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back. at Steve Noble, the Steve Noble Show. A little failing business 101 when your business is going belly up. But what do you do? Well, you start selling off some of your assets and you start uh, laying off your employees, right? That's exactly what you do. We've seen that time and time again. That's not a new phenomenon. People have been doing that for a few thousand years. And uh, it's uh, not great news. David Fisher from Landmark Capital, landmarkgold.com, that that's exactly what the Federal Reserve is doing Because the Federal Reserve, think of them as a corporation, uh, it would appear that they're actually in financial trouble. So finish up whatever thoughts you have about that. Then I want to talk about uh, gold and silver and talk about this uh, silver American Eagle program you
0: have going. So the Fed has lost about $100 billion, which is not much money for the Fed just in the last couple months. But that's all because the interest rates they've been raising them, now it's at the tipping point. So they know that they're going to keep it up there, so they're going to keep losing money. Uh, They've been losing as much as $700 million a day uh, on the interest paid on on these uh, treasuries. So they're making this big change, getting rid of their balance sheet, these treasuries, even though they're upside down in it, uh, because they they are telling us that by their actions, rates are going to be higher and longer. So they don't want to have a more guaranteed loss by holding that asset. That's why they're selling U.S. treasuries. Plus they have to be able to, have some to buy later on down the road when they want to do quantitative easing. So they got to get this their balance sheet way lower, like five trillion, some say as low as two or three trillion. That's a long ways to go. Mm-hmm. Of course, if they just keep doing it like they're doing it, they'll be there in about three years. Uh, that's a lot of sell off. Yeah. Considering they're the last buyer of the end resort that helps finance our country, that should tell us all if they're in trouble and they don't want to buy our debt, and they're selling our debt, we have a major debt structure problem, yes. and that's why the treasury market has suffered huge losses the last three years. Specifically, the biggest loss was last year, and we're not out of the woods on this, and you know, on, on top of that, we got these downgraded uh, by Fitch and Standard, yep. and that just makes investors more skitty yep, to right. even have these bonds in their portfolio, it makes them want to even sell them even more. So. Yeah.
1: They, uh, no, thank you. Uh, we don't want to deal with that. So all that stuff on one end of our teeter-totter, David, and on the other end of the teeter-totter, you have gold and silver. So these are, the, again, these are, uh, have very different places. Have, uh, they're very different tools, which is why diversification is so important. So h- how's gold and silver reacting to this uh, rather depressing situation?
0: Well, recently gold and silver has been pulling back by index. Also the spot gold spot, silver spot, gold is down the last two years. Well, it's actually flat depending on what type of entry point you want to use as a point compared to today, but the physical market, there's an index that we, there's, there's, there's physical markets and there's an index that summarizes the fiddle physical market called the gold generic index. That's up 41% in two years. Now I'm not talking about a paper index. I'm talking about an index that cites the physical market. Right.
1: Actual gold that you hold and you're not buying a
0: fund. Yes, exactly. There's a silver index spot that's gone down 10% in the last two years. But the physical market has gone up 24 percent mm-hmm. i'm referring to morgan and peace dollar index again it's an index but it's citing the actual physical market right, what has right. gone up in value yeah so not all stocks are the same bonds and mutual funds not all gold is the same and i'm not telling you to buy these these specific products i'm just saying that there are products out there that are doing really well and both these two products I'm referring to are the most mainstream products out there that are non-confiscatable gold and silver products. Yeah, What I am saying is it's very important to work with a professional company that's going to give you all your choices. Our literature has all the choices. We go over all the choices. We educate you on what all the choices are so you can make a decision because the role of gold and silver is very simple. Paper is going to have more problems. Gold and silver will go higher in value as paper goes lower. As more government debt comes out, gold and silver will go higher. Ultimately, they'll be forced to maybe do a bail-in. If you have some money diversified into gold and silver, they can't attach themselves to seizing that money. And if we have inflation or currency devaluation, paper assets go down, gold and silver appreciates. So it's really important, a portion to seven, a portion to eight, because you do not know what tragedy may befall you. And that's why we're doing this special. I want to help people who have never invested in gold and silver with Landmark Capital. We're going to help you take a first step. Um, So we're doing a special in the silver market for a limited time only while supplies last. We are offering a one ounce silver American Eagle at a severe discounted price. Now, I've looked on the Internet and the cheapest national competitor is selling this coin for almost $28. Landmark Capital is selling it for $25. Limited is 20 per, per-, uh, per person. Uh, there is no gimmick to this. There's no hidden fees. There's no shipping costs. There's no handling costs. Wow. The coins, we have them physically here for immediate delivery. It's just a simple one ounce silver, brilliant and circulated American Eagle, those that are on Facebook, they, are they come in a tube like this. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's 20 to a tube. Here's what the coin looks like. Yeah. Front and back. Actual silver. Actual actual silver <laughs> American Eagle. It's not I'm like holding. a
1: Roman coin that's part silver. It's not yeah. like an American dime. It's an actual 100% silver coin.
0: Correct. And so call my company. You can take advantage of this for a while. That, uh, we do this limited offer. And... Uh, There's no gimmicks, and again, no pressure. Call, learn about it. Yeah, you want to get a packet to learn about uh, precious metals? Also, you can get that too. You have some questions, you get some answers. Check it out. No pressure, no. Don't check it out.
1: Right, and I I will say, as as a a matter of a a personal experience, the first time that we bought uh, gold and silver coins from you, David, we being my wife and I, when that when that first shipment came, it was it was. I'll, I'll describe it as bizarre because you don't really have anything of actual value. Like at your house, clothes, up in the bonus room where I do my Noble U classes, I got a 75-inch TV to use for that. That's a big TV. I think we paid 1400 bucks for it. If I put it on eBay, I could probably sell it for $400. I mean, there's nothing really of tangible value in your house. But when that first shipment came, I'm like, these are actual gold coins that had a certain amount okay. value per coin. And these are actual silver coins. They're all in a safe deposit box now. But, but it, it was really a, a fascinating experience to actually hold something that had actual value, that had historic value, and value uh, from a biblical perspective as well. It, it, was really, it, was very, it was very abnormal but super cool at the same time and comforting. I'm like, okay, here we go. This actually is worth something. <laughs> this isn't dollars. This isn't uh stuff that's sitting in, in the market that goes up you know all over the place. This is actual uh tangible asset here, which was really cool. So it is a it's a this is a, a great way just to kind of check that out for yourself. I think anybody that does it for the first time will probably have a similar experience. Uh do you mind if I get political for a second? Sure. Well, if if we elect Donald Trump as the next president of the United States, isn't that going to solve everything?
0: Uh, I didn't solve it. His first terms. No, he, he blew
1: the, the budget out. Right. Yeah.
0: Seven trillion said he kind of, dollars. They, they threw added stones at President Trump. Right. Okay? Sure. No, I'm with you. I'm just being honest. He's he said he was going to wipe away the debt. He didn't. He did just the opposite. Right. He added seven trillion. He, and you know we're you and I were talking about this on the break, and yeah. so. I'd like to hear a little bit more of your thoughts also on this. We have the same opinion. Mm -hmm. We we believe he'll do a lot of great things. Absolutely. But when it comes to the debt, he'll be just like he was before. And like all other presidents are for, he's going to probably overspend because the environment, Congress is an overspending machine. That's
1: right. Yeah, he's not going to get any meaningful cuts. And from a business perspective, debt has been his friend for decades because he's dealing with real estate and that's his experience. That's his mindset. And that's why you didn't see him freaking out about all the money they were spending, especially in his last year during COVID. Uh, he's not going to freak out about the debt. He'll, he'll give lip service to it. And, and I'm, I'm quite sure he would do other things that are, that are great, but he's not going to deal with that. And and he doesn't even have a, a mindset where debt is a big problem because it never has been in his life. It's been a tool. And so I don't, I don't expect anything out of him except to spend more money into to. Uh, you know you can unleash the power of the of the american economy that's awesome that will help you to a certain extent with our yearly budget deficits but it doesn't touch the de- the, the national Correct. debt it does not touch that uh, and that's only going to keep growing and so uh, it's really remarkable that none of these guys including up on the debate stage in the Republican primary at both times. Nobody's having any kind of a serious conversation. I think you and I have more serious conversations about this than all members of Congress combined for the last 20 years. So, I think so. that's why we have to continue to have these conversations. But for, for people that want to follow up on, the, on that Silver American Eagle discount program, David, and, and just want to start getting educated, what do they do?
0: Just make a simple call to us, 844-604-2575. Again, the number. or go to landmarkgold.com.
1: And uh, just because I'm louder than you are and the uh, outro music's playing, that that phone number again, 844-604-2575, 844-604-2575 or landmarkgold.com. As always, David, thank you so much for your help and your research and your time and your expertise, mostly for your friendship. We love and appreciate you.
0: Love you, brother. Thank you for having Check me. Out. Stay so, right well,
1: there. I want to pray for you and your family and your team uh, right on the other side of the finish. This is Steve Noble on the Steve Noble Show. A lot to think about, but don't put your hope in U.S. Treasuries, the U.S. government, a good old U.S. of A. Make sure you put your hope in Jesus Christ. God willing, I'll talk to you again real soon. And like my dad always used to say, ever for.